Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. And thank you, Avril, for letting me stand next to you and sing. My voice might not be the best, but it's lovely to be part of the, part of the congregation singing. Maybe turn the hearing aid off or whatever we need to do. As we read this passage, we are asked to learn what it means to desire mercy and not sacrifice. In other words, what, do, what does it mean to desire to be kind and not right all the time? We live in a society that tells us we must have our rights, we must have our, self, our space in society and we must live up to ourself and our needs. But what does it mean to be kind in that space? Because when we try and be kind, people say we're weak. People say we are not able to, we are not able to get what we have in our life. And yet, Jesus says to us today, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. Jesus hasn't come to call those who say, I can do this, Lord, I don't need you. He's come to call the people that are out there falling on their knees, going, Lord, I cannot live my life. I cannot do this without you. I don't know what the next step is in my life. My life is so ruined, I don't know where to go. That's the pe they're the people that Jesus is calling. That's why he's having dinner with the tax collectors. They're the people that have made money and all the, all, the all the things, all the trimmings of life. They're idols and they constantly seek to inspire their life by the idols and by the money that they gain. And yet here today we read a passage that says, I'm not here to help those that know that, G that God is with them, that know that God is for them. We are here to call the people that need to know that God is part of their life. But the way they're living excludes God and God's sovereign action in their life so they truly don't have the blessings that are due to them. It's not about us being right. It's not about us saying, look, we're all here. We're, we're worshipping. These people, they're all sinners. They're gone. They have no place in heaven. That's exactly what this is not saying. What this is saying is that in our merciful actions, when someone comes that is lost, when someone comes to worship here, we might know when we stand, we might know when we sit. But I know there have been situations where I've had services where a mum has just uh, taken her children out of a domestic violence situation. Someone has lost a family member and they've just come in and sat in the corner and really just come up for communion and left. They're the people we need to reach out to. They're the people that this amazing and privileged space is available to. Our kindness is that they can come and be how they are. Come as they are. Come and worship as you are. And we, might, and we need to get that message into our community. Yes, we can say, look, you weren't, you know, they go in for fellowship. But I, noticed, I noticed you weren't standing at the right time. I noticed you weren't singing when you were supposed to. I noticed you sat in my chair today. We can do all the things that say we need to be right about things. But that's not grace. That's not what Jesus is saying. And if we have a patronal service that says St. Matthew means something and we've taken that name on in our parish for a specific reason, then some of what you read in Faith Matters where I've just put a few notes about Matthew's life is about grace. 
It's about living the law, but with the heart of God. It's saying, the law says, love your Lord God with all your heart, mind and soul. So if someone's not doing that, it's not about us saying, well, you're not doing that. You're not loving God. You're loving money. You're loving, all, you're loving relationships. You're loving uh, pleasures that are not, not, not what the gospel wants us to live out. What it's saying is, friend, I can see that God isn't at the centre of your life. Can I pray for you? Can I pray that God becomes the centre of your life? If you're lost, have you made God the centre of your life? It's not, the law is not to accuse people. As it says there, we need to learn. Go and learn what this means. I have to learn what desire and mercy, not sacrifice, means for me. We all have to learn what it means for ourselves individually. We need to learn that and live it for ourselves. Not learn it so that we can impose it on someone else, so that we can tell others what they need to do. But what do we need to do in that moment? Do we pray? Do we just leave the person alone? If they're here crying do, the, during the service, does someone get up and just make a cup of tea so they can have a cup of tea while we're, while we're doing the service? It doesn't matter if someone has a cup of tea while we're all praying and worshipping. I don't know. These are the things I, that this makes me think about. If we desire mercy for someone that might be struggling then does that supersede all the rules and regulations that we follow? You see, if we have the desire to help those who are sick spiritually, if we have the desire to help someone who comes into our space going, I don't know God, I need to know God, but I just don't know where to start. If our desire for that is to have a relationship with, for them to have a relationship with God, then I think, I think the first thing that we do is we pray. Every time Jesus went out to minister, he went to a quiet spot and prayed, and then he ministered. When he heals, he prayed, and then he, and then he ministers. So we pray for ourselves. We pray for each other. We pray for the Spirit to be with us. I was reading an email, and we were, kind of the, this chicken and egg philosophy came into my mind, and uh, I was thinking, well, what is the chicken and what is the egg for us when we're doing mercy and, and not seeking, to be, seeking kindness and not seeking to be right? Well, the first thing is that our space is a holy and righteous space. We say this is God's space and we invite God's, God's, God into our space. That means it's holy. And righteousness means that the word of God means something, that it, that it actually registers with us. So I think... The egg, before we do any ministry, before we appoint a priest, before we do anything, before we break bread, is to constantly ask for the Holy Spirit to be with us to make this space, this property, the boundaries, all the area that people come on to this space, a holy and righteous space where God exists, where we want God to be, and that God can do sovereign actions in our name that people can come on this land and the Holy Spirit can convict their hearts, minds and souls because we are going to be ready to say, welcome, friend, come and worship with us. Welcome, come and pray. Listen to the, If you don't know the words, just listen to them. If you don't know what to do, just follow me. That is as simple as what it means. And when I look at Matthew coming up and Jesus goes past him and he says, come follow me, come 
come do what we need to do. Well, the follow me was an immediate, he got up and went and followed Jesus. Jesus didn't say, look, follow me, but I want you to learn the creed. I want you to learn the prayer book. I want you to go off and learn the Lord's Prayer because that was in the passage before, right? So you've got to go go and do all these things before you can follow me. While we follow Jesus, while we walk with Jesus, we learn. We learn who we are in in, in God's sight. We learn how we are. And that learning doesn't stop. We follow Jesus to our last breath. We follow Jesus to the end of our journey. And for us to know what it means to be the best disciple that we can be, we need to allow Jesus to speak to us. We need to allow us to follow Jesus, knowing that we are constantly learning what it means to desire mercy and sacrifice. So this week, as, as an ex-chaplain, as a school chap, I always like to do homework and things like that, and Avril knows this, you know, she'll talk to me and I'll be going, oh, Avril, here's a bit of homework for you and things like that. Can I ask you just to get the Gospel of Matthew out and just read it, start to finish? Just read it. Open it up, go from chapter 1 to the end. It's a bit of, it's a, bit of a read. I like to read it without all the verses. That If you go online, you can get passages where it's um, just as it was shared with at the time. The verses, the headings, I think they throw things out. So I like to just read them without the verses and the headings. And there's a lot of places where you can find those. And just read it. It's a letter that was sent out to people. Here, this is what we know about Jesus. This is what I learned about Jesus. And just read it. See what Matthew learnt about the des- his desire to share mercy and not ask people to sacrifice who they were. What, is it, what did Matthew learn on his journey? What, as you read between the lines of all these amazing interactions that Matthew had with Jesus, what does it say to you about how you can heal and about how you can keep um, feeding your spirituality so that you have a positive and uplifting and healthing spirituality that can bring healing to others, that can bring nurturing to others? that can sustain others when they are feeling low for themselves. So that's my homework. That's, that's a few thoughts for today. And I hope that this week goes well for you. It's, it's, it seems like it's going to be a lovely sunny week. And um, take the time, you know, even get the Bible and sit in a nice open space in the warmth of our Lord. Let God's heat, get God's heat surround you. We, we, we were saying that um, nothing is... In, uh, I was actually thinking Psalm 19 as we read it, in verse 6, it said, Its rising is at one end of the heavens and its circuit to the farthest bound, and nothing is hidden from its heat. Maybe you could sit in the sun and know that you are not hidden from God yourself, and God surrounds you and keeps you and nurtures you each and every day. The Lord be with you.